Life Center. If you are new with us here today, we are so glad you're here. We want to meet you. We want to get to know you. We hope you feel comfortable and that you will join us worshiping the Lord. That's what we love to do. Would you all stand with me? We're going to sing Joy to the World. Thanksgiving's over, right? We get to celebrate Christmas.
new people feel welcome.
God with us, no more veil, no more high priest. He is our high priest. He dwells within us, closer than the very oxygen. Thank you, Jesus. What a miracle. We love you. We're going to continue singing about Emmanuel. I invite you to remain seated or stand or kneel or sit, whatever you're comfortable doing, but we want you to feel free to worship.
that's your testimony, we just say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And while you're doing that, I want to invite the Iker family to join us up here. And they are bringing us our first Advent moment of the season. Have you ever waited for something you've wanted for a very long time and finally it came? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what was it? A vacation. Vacation. We call that feeling of being really excited and finding difficult to wait anticipation. In the church, we are beginning a season of anticipation called Advent. Advent is a time when we look ahead in the calendar toward Christmas when we will celebrate the birth of Jesus. But Advent is also a time when we look much farther ahead to when Jesus will come again someday. Why do you think we are so excited to wait for Jesus' birth? Jesus died on the cross for us. Yes, and he's coming again, huh? <laughs> we aren't only excited about his birth, but we also anticipate when he comes again to make all things right. While we wait, we hope. We know that God keeps promises, so we have hope that Jesus will come back. But it can be hard to wait, right? <laughs> what can we do while we're waiting for Jesus to come back? Help others. During Advent, we light candles to help us think about waiting for Jesus with anticipation. Today, we light the hope candle. Because we know that while we are excited for Jesus to come, we can wait because we have hope that Jesus keeps his promises. After we light the candle, we'll say a prayer. Let's pray. Dear God, we anticipate many things in our lives, but most of all, we anticipate you coming back to make all things right. Help us to hope while we wait and prepare our hearts to celebrate your birth. Amen.
give ourselves to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'd like to invite our ushers to come forward as we continue our time of worship. Jesus, we celebrate your birth, the gift you are to us, Christ's child. And we bring our tithes and offerings to you, our gifts to you. Take what we have to offer you today. Use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it. Build your church with it, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.
Okay, you can pick a song. I DJ Jazzy Is this real Lion King? do this in the car or even if you don't please join us and participate so email me at woodlandlifecenter at gmail.com if you and your family want to sing a song or do a skit or a video or a dance or anything Yes, 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 yes. So Shelby and I wanted to share a couple of announcements with you. I'm going to give you this mic. The first one is this Tuesday uh, is the Hanging of the Greens, and that has nothing to do with Scott and Rachel in particular. Um, Our youth pastor's last name is Green. We're not talking about that at all, Uh, but we're talking about uh, decorating our church up for uh, Christmas. So if you're available to do that, I know a lot of us work, so I'm not asking you to take work off to join us for that. But 10 a.m. Tuesday morning, if you're, if you're available to come join us, we'll have a great time together uh, dressing this place up for the Christmas season. That's going to be an exciting time. And then, Shelby, talk to us about the Christmas parade. Okay, so we are in the Christmas parade still. It's this coming Saturday, December 7th. We are going to start decorating the trailer at 3 p.m. Um, it's Clark's Christmas Vacation, so it's going to be fun. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, the theme for the whole parade, yes, by the, the way. Whole, yeah, the whole thing. And it is like a contest, so we want to make sure this looks good because we could win. I don't know what those, it's like bragging rights, but that's cool too. Um, <laughs> but we need candy donations still. We need lights. Like if you're purging lights that are old that still work, I want them. Like I don't care if it's candy in a Walmart sack from Halloween. I just... We just need some donations, please. And then if anyone wants to walk around the trailer or be on it, there's a sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center little window by the office. Um, And it's a really great community event, and I think that the whole town usually shows up for these little things. So having our name out there is going to be a big deal. Yes. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Shelby, for heading that up. Okay, so the, the, the citywide Christmas parade this Saturday and... 
Our church is going to have a float in there. It would be great to have a great representation from our church family um, participating in that. Uh, hate to just have two or three of us and make us look kind of like a real wimpy church, right? So let's, let's don't look like that. Um, now, obviously, there's lots of other groups that are participating in the parade, and you may already be tied up in the parade with another group. That's great and fine as well. If you're not, and you're available to join us for that, we would love to have you do that with us. So it's Christmas season. A lot is happening. Uh, it's the first day of Advent today, um, and that's for us this Christmas season, not just a Sunday morning Advent moment, um, but we have been handing out Advent books for you and your family unit to um, join together every day. There's Advent moments provided for you in this devotional booklet. So if you have not picked one of those up yet, we still have uh, 10 or 12 of those I think I saw out there. Make sure you grab one on your way out. And that is for every day throughout the, the month of December as we are anticipating Messiah's arrival, right? This is really a season of anticipation. That's what our, that's what our Iker family shared with us this morning. Things are ramping up. In fact, they've been ramping up for a while, right? I mean, you didn't, if you just went into Walmart for groceries, you've been seeing Christmas for a while. Or if you turn on the television, Christmas commercials, even Christmas movies have been shown for a while. If you turn on the radio, you've been hearing the music for a while. Our ramping up has been happening. Um, and that's a part of the fun of this season expecting the arrival of Messiah. Now, the truth about us is um, we've only been on this side of the cross, right? So we didn't experience that time when they were truly awaiting Messiah's arrival, watching for Messiah, wondering who Messiah was going to be, what Messiah was going to look like, they had an idea about what he would accomplish, even though for the most part they even got that wrong. But they were watching. And they knew, and I say they, I'm talking about the Jews, of course. They, they knew that, generally speaking, it was the season. It was, it was the right time. Um, and I'm not talking about December of their year. I'm saying they knew by prophecy, Daniel had said, it was going to be this, this amount of time, and then the, the Messiah's arrival would happen. And they knew, generally speaking, this, they were the ones living in the time when Messiah was going to show up, though they, they didn't understand all the details. Messiah. That, that word is, is, is a pretty interesting word. The Hebrew word is Mashiach, okay? When you translate that word, which they had to, out of Hebrew, into Greek, the Greek word that they used for that was Christos. You should start recognizing that word, right? Christ would be the English version of that. Messiah is the English version of that as well. So when we refer to Jesus as Jesus Christ, understand that we are referring to him as the Messiah. That word 
literally means the anointed one. So when you're going through Old Testament scripture or even some New Testament scripture that refers to the anointed one, understand that as very poignantly speaking to this person that they are waiting for, looking for, expecting, known as the Messiah. John writes about him in his gospel. John chapter 1. I invite you there if you brought your Bibles or your, your Bible apps, you can open that up. John chapter 1, right at verse 1. He says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. Now let's pause there for a moment. This is strong stuff. John is is saying something that's very profound and very... uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's very aggressive, huge stuff here. The divinity of Jesus, okay? The, the Godheadness of Jesus, he's describing. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Jesus is not a created being, though he was born. Think about that conundrum, the tension of that reality. Jesus has always been. He is God. Through him, all things were made. All of creation came through him. So John is referring, of course, all the way back to the book of Genesis, to the very beginning, to the explanation of creation, making sure that the readers, us, understand that Jesus has always been. He didn't just show up as a human like you and I did. There's a distinction with Jesus, and it's a significant distinction. He has always been. He is the Word in the beginning. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. And when you really begin thinking about this, you might get tripped up a little bit. Because, well, if you're like me, you can begin to think of a lot of bad things. You can begin to think about a lot of bad things that exist in this world. And maybe you begin to wonder, wow, um, God made the bad things too? Well, we have to realize that it was our sin that changed things. It was our sin that made things bad. And then you go, well, okay, but why? Why would God even allow us or give us the opportunity to sin? And it's a big question. Really an important question to ask. Why would he even allow the opportunity? Why wouldn't he just, why wouldn't he just create a Something that was perfect, of course he did, because when he said it was good, he meant it. It was good. Why wouldn't he just make sure that it stayed that way? See, I have a a loving relationship with my wife. 
but what would my relationship really look like if she didn't have the choice to love me back? I mean, what if she was just some sort of robot that she just was forced to, quote unquote, love me? Or a slave and she was forced to The power of the love that we experience with one another exists because we both have the free will. We both have the ability to choose to love one another. The fact that she has chosen to love me, and that's still true today, right? Okay. We'll work that out later. The fact that she made the choice to love me is powerful to me. And believe me, she had lots of other choices to make. She had lots of other men coming her direction, but she chose me. That is what we're talking about here. God had to create a scenario that we would be able to choose to love him or make the choice to not love him the choice to follow him, the choice to obey him, or the choice not to. If you don't have the ability to choose wrong, then there really is no choice that you're given. This is the perfect scenario, the perfect world that he created. So when it says here, through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made, yeah, that can include even the bad stuff. Even though he didn't really particularly create the bad stuff, the bad stuff exists because it's a result of us making the bad choices. What he created was the ability for us to choose right or wrong. And unfortunately, us humans, we tended to fall in the wrong direction time and time from the very beginning. Therefore, the result of that is the bad stuff. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So now we begin to start to talk about the darkness. He starts to describe this darkness that I'm referring to. What's interesting about this season, this time of year, is we're experiencing more and more darkness, aren't we? I mean, it's getting darker earlier and earlier, <clears throat> and it will continue to do so until, what, December 21st, something like that, when it's basically the shortest day of the year, the most darkness exists on that day. It's getting darker and darker and darker, literally. But you know what? We're experiencing that figuratively as well, aren't we? It just seems like the world, our society, humans are getting darker and darker and darker. As the earth is getting further and further and further away from the sun, it seems that we're getting further and further and further away from God. By the choices that we're making, the philosophies that we're taking on. Both of those, literally and figuratively, are happening right now. And yet... What I, what I see is that the darker things get, the more the opportunity for the light is to shine brighter and brighter. 
Think about this. We have, we have secular music artists, secular musicians recording church music. We have people who their lives would, would, would not reflect anything about godliness whatsoever, taking time to sing church songs. I'm talking about our Christmas hymns. They're taking time to, to do that, to record them, to, to deliver them to a darkened world. Yeah, they're singing about Jesus. They're singing about Messiah. There's, you might even be able to argue that they're offering up some form of worship to God. And yet they would, they would not consider themselves believers in Jesus. Their lives would not even reflect that. But I, I'm, I'm just saying there's, there's this weird reality during this time where, where even though things are getting darker, the light seems to have an opportunity to shine brighter and brighter. What an amazing thing it is as believers in Jesus to understand the whole story to celebrate the whole story, and then to have the rest of the world talking about it and singing about it, even though they don't believe they're, they're, they're sharing the story of Messiah. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing about this time of year. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And if that doesn't get hallelujahs shouting out. I don't know what can. I'm going to say it one more time just to give you an opportunity to respond. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God. His name was John. Now they're referring to John the Baptist because there was some confusion early on about was John the Messiah? So John the disciple here is writing about John the Baptist, two different people. It was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. John the Baptist's ministry set the stage for the coming of Messiah. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, pointing to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And man, that's still so much of the reality of today. He came to that which was his own, his own people. Even a people that were looking for him, that were anticipating him, that were waiting for him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. As we know, they rejected him and crucified him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. This miraculous thing happens to those of us who believe in Jesus as Messiah. We become born again. 
the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I know maybe maybe God could have come up with another plan. This whole darkness mess that, that we made for ourselves right from the beginning that we've been living in. Maybe he could have come up with another plan to redeem that. But the one he chose and implemented from the beginning of time he didn't just choose it, he didn't just implement it, but then he fulfilled it himself. The word which was in the beginning that through him all things were created, this God crams himself into flesh. The word becomes flesh. Oh, there's great evangelist that I, I grew up hearing um, um, so uh, very often in, in my lifetime. Stephen Manley, uh, you may have heard him, you may not have. He, he, he told a story and he explained this concept this way. It was a man who loved spiders. Now, what's wrong with this man in the first place? I don't know. But there was a man who loved spiders. And so he developed a spider colony. And he, uh, spiders begat spiders begat spiders. And he's got this great spider colony going on. And it doesn't take long before the spiders start killing each other. They're, 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 they're destroying each other. And he, he loves spiders and he, he's so upset about the fact that these spiders are attacking each other and killing each other. So he raises up little spider prophets to try to help communicate to, to stop killing each other. And so the spiders turn on the prof, little prophet spiders and, 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 and they kill and devour the spider prophets. So he realizes that really the only way to help these spiders to understand to stop killing each other is he's going to have to become a spider himself. So that's, that's what the, the creator of all things has done for us. He became a spider. This lowly thing called a human being. He crams himself into flesh. The, the, the fullness of the divinity of God somehow crams itself into flesh and dwells among us and, and he becomes one of us. And in so doing, what, is, what does he do? He he becomes light in the darkness. And he just shines light. And what did we do? 
for the most part, we rejected him. And just like the spiders were in the habit of doing, we killed him. That light was annoying us, I guess. It was offensive. This was his plan all along. The word becomes flesh for a reason because that flesh has to pay the price for the penalty of sin. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That is the truth about all of us humans. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is is death. The wages of sin is death. This is this is what we deserve. This is this is the penalty. This is this is our payment. This is this is our paycheck. Okay, when you work for a week, you want to get paid for that work at the end of the week. Well, the wages of sin is death. This is what we have earned and it's what we deserve. That's not the end of that verse, by the way. But the gift of God is eternal life. The season is all about giving, right? It's about gifts. That's the biggest part of the anticipation of the season, especially for the kids in this room, is the excitement that builds up as this present becomes two presents, becomes three, becomes one. And you know, you're looking around, you're checking out, making sure you got the same amount of presents that your siblings have, right? And I mean, we play this game, right? It's part of the anticipation as we're, as we're ramping up. It's the beauty, one of the best beautiful things about this season is the giving and receiving of gifts. The gift of God to us. Because of the sacrifice of his son, our Messiah, Jesus Christ. His death and resurrection. His death and resurrection, church, does not happen unless his birth happens. There is extreme value in celebrating his birth because of the reason why he was born. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. For it is by grace that we have been saved, through faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. He came not just because he chose a plan and not just because he implemented a plan. He came to fulfill the plan, and that is exactly what he did through his birth, especially through his death. We celebrate the birth of a baby because what that baby does changes our lives, brings us freedom from sin. Yes, it redeems us from all that junk that we have chosen to do. It frees us. It can deliver us from that. That doesn't have to be our reality The light shining in the darkness. What a great picture that is. And I'm, and I'm hoping through this Advent season that you will experience more and more and more light. 
that you'll even become more and more aware of the darkness. I think we need to, church, be aware of the darkness that is exceeding and then notice, pay attention to, and celebrate the fact that the darker the world gets, I'm just convinced the brighter the light of Christ will be able to shine. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we honor you this Advent season, celebrating who you are, the God of all the universe, and what you have done. You crammed yourself into flesh, and you dwelt among us. Even though the darkness did not receive you, and the darkness rejected you, and the darkness crucified you, that was all part of your glorious plan of redemption. You paid the penalty for our sin. Yes, we deserved death. You took that death upon yourself. May we be fully aware of the power of that reality throughout this Advent season. We have been giving you thanks. And we will continue to give you thanks as we turn our eyes towards a nativity scene, a star shining brightly in the sky, inviting the lowly shepherds and the great and wise men both to your feet to worship you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody said. I would like to do just one other thing together. Um, we closed out it Thanksgiving Day a season of fasting negativity. And I was hoping that there might be some testimonies um, from that, that as you were uh, challenged by that and, and maybe you uh, participate in that or tried as best as you can to participate in that and, 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 and taking captive the negative thoughts and trying to, keep the negative talk from happening. Um, I, I would just love to hear some testimonies from that. And so I, I want to ask my boys to maybe grab a microphone here. And Vinny, will you grab one here? And, and the, the, is, there, is there some folks that would just be willing to share a testimony of, of, uh, uh, from, from that time frame? Anybody at all? Surely. Yes. Thank you, Harry. Well, I'm glad I could finally complain now. Yes. You have permission to complain okay, now, yeah. but you're going to have to be careful with it. That. Was a, it was really a good uh, exercise in thinking about yeah. what, uh, what we say and how we think. And uh, so Barbara and I talked about it, and you know, we worked at, uh, not, at not having a problem with uh, being negative about things. I also wanted to report to you about the uh, Thanksgiving Day dinner we had here. Yes. Uh, our church uh, partners with the Salvation Army in Fort Collins. Salvation Army provides the food. Fort Collins cooks it, and uh, Paul Welch uh, brings it up here. Uh, pardon? 
Fort Carson? Fort Carson, yes. What, what did I say? Fort Carson. Anyway, they do all the food and yes. that brings it up here. And uh, we had about uh, 70 folks uh, that came here to eat. And uh, awesome. we had about uh, 100 uh, deliveries to fire departments and, uh, and uh, uh, trailer parks. It was really a, a very interesting and warm and rich, good quality feeling. There was no negativity at all in the process. It was a blessing. Amen. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Yeah. So much value in, in that ministry. Uh, during this time, um, the church was also uh, reaching out to other people through the Samaritan's Purse ch Children's Christmas Boxes. That was a really good thing. Uh, when we started two years ago, we had 12 boxes. Last year we had 32, and this year we had 55. Thank yeah. you to all of you who did that. If, if you're not aware of Samaritan's Purse, it's an organization that uh, Franklin Graham and the Church of the Nazarene cooperate together. Uh, Christmas box is just one of the things they do. My relatives in the Bahamas uh, were in the hurricane, and Samaritan's Purse were the first people that were there to help them, not the Bahamas government or any of those people. And I know that Jerry Loring's uh, son works for Samaritan's Purse, so he may have, uh, may have administered to my relatives in the Bahamas. Awesome. So it's a great organization. Uh, thank you very much for what you did this year. Yes, Lynn. So this challenge couldn't have came at a better time for me because at work I was really struggling with a coworker, and so much so that I wanted to quit my job. It was very hard that um, I took your challenge seriously and I went to work and my other coworkers, I told them about your challenge and I said, I want you guys to keep me accountable. So when I start having those negative thoughts or those negative feelings um, about this person that you'll keep me accountable. And so the whole atmosphere at our work changed and we all became very positive. And when I would start, any of us would get negative, we would check with each other, right? To the point that this coworker spirit has totally changed. And, um, it has been a very great blessing at our work. If that's not a testimony of the light shining in the darkness, I don't know what is. Awesome. And anyone else? I don't want to cut this off short. Just... Well, I never considered myself a negative person. I always felt I was positive attitude. But when I heard a sermon, I knew I had negative. And a lot of times it comes when I would forget stuff. And I realized I was negative about myself. So I started, you know, praying about the negativism. And it has it it has helped, but it's it's a struggle still, but I still keep praying. And I realize I gotta keep doing it, not just for forty days. I gotta keep praying against the negative thoughts. Right. And it, it does help. And I just thank God for that sermon because it spoke to me. Oh, amen. Thank you, Jerry. It's okay if there's no one else. I, I just don't want to cut you off. If... 
great stuff. Okay. You stand with me. Oh, come let us adore. Oh, come let us adore. Yeah. Oh, come let us adore. Him, Christ, the Lord, for He alone, for He alone is worthy. For He alone is worthy. For He alone is worthy. Christ the Lord. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord wash over you with His Spirit. May the Lord take ownership of your life. May your eyes be fixed on him, the author and perfecter of your faith. May you spend this season worshiping the newborn king. God bless you. Have an amazing week.
Let worship turn into revival. 
This is my worship. This is my offering. In every moment, I withhold nothing. I'm learning to trust you, even when I can't see it. And even in suffering, I have to believe it. If you say it's wrong, then I'll say no. If you say release, I'm letting go. If you're in it with me, I'll begin. And when you say to jump, I'm diving in. If you say be still, then I will wait. If you say to trust, I will obey. Is gone, and your word is all I've got. 